When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After 39 long years, the Cup is back home. The Bruins are 2011 Stanley Cup champions. Welcome to Bruins Beat Podcast on CLNS Radio. CLNS Radio, the leading online provider. Audio and video coverage of your Boston sports teams. Follow CLNS on social media. On Twitter at www.twitter.com slash CLNS Radio or at CLNS Radio to find us on Twitter if you do a search. Facebook, www.facebook.com slash CLNS Fans. Download the CLNS Radio free mobile podcast app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Radio in your app marketplace or for Android, clnsradio.com slash Android and iOS. Uh, that's where you can find all the podcasts, not just Bruins. We have Celtics, we have Patriots, and we have Red Sox as well. Also, the Bruins Beat Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is the onslaught of the big summer blockbusters. Makes May the perfect time to celebrate some of pop culture's unstoppable, unrelenting, and unbeatable characters and objects. We've got something that you can carry. Something for your kitchen and a cool figure to go with our monthly tea and pin featuring two Marvel Thames plus Warcraft and Dragon Ball Z. No one, no one crate should have all this power. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek, geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. Make sure when you go to lootcratecom CLNS and enter code CLNS to save three dollars on any new subscription. Jason, uh, good, good to be back on the show this week. We are. Uh, we thought this week was going to be a little bit boring show because of uh you know the Stanley Cup final starting up, but that, we pretty much thought that was going to be predominantly our show. But then Don Sweeney goes and decides to make some bonehead move that we have to talk about. Yeah, I know it's frustrating because it feels like Peter Shirelli all over again. It feels like the same pattern is never going to end. Yes, and for those of you that don't know what we're talking about or if you live under a rock and you're a Bruins fan, I'm sure you all know because it's been highly talked about and. I can't find really anyone that seems to like this deal is that Kevin Miller is re-signed with the Boston Bruins for four years and $10 million. Four years, $10 million, 2.5 a year for Kevin Miller. I don't know how many times Jason and I have talked about Kevin Miller last year and asked why he was even playing, why he was even in the lineup, how much he sucks, the turnovers he creates, the problems that the Bruins defense have. I don't understand this move. I don't understand it whatsoever. He's 29 years. He's going to be 29 years old when you start the season next year. Don Sweeney's talking about growth, and he's talking about how he wants to have skill and more skill and younger players in his lineup. And Kevin Miller is the complete opposite of that. He is a hard-nosed player, right? He works hard. I'm not going to say he doesn't work hard because he does. He's just not good, and that's the problem. And this is what you just said. It feels like Peter Shirelli because – this is exactly what Peter Shirelli did. He would sign bottom of the roster players for long-term contracts for too much money. And yes, people are going to be like, well, 2.5 is not that much. I understand that. But Kevin Miller is not good. And he did the same stuff. And Peter Shirelli did the same things with Chris Kelly, Danny Paye, Greg Campbell, Chris Kelly, Rich Peverly, all these players signing for a little bit here and there. Oh, here's $3 million. Here's $2 million. Here's $1.5. And it adds up. And that's why the Bruins had to get rid of Johnny Boychuk because they're signing bottom-of-the-barrel roster players. And they already signed Adam McQuaid last year for four years and $2.75 million a year. And Kevin Miller is a, probably a five or a six defenseman. What is Adam McQuaid? A five or a six defenseman. What do they both do? Oh, I don't know. Pretty much the same exact things. None of them, have, none of them are really good offensively. They're tough. They work hard. They block shots. They play a, They try and play a sound defensive game, but they're both not that good. So now you have here. Let, Mike, let me build off of that because I posted about this earlier this week. The Bruins brought, and we in other news because this is all going to connect. 
the Bruins brought in Bruce Cassidy, who's for the for, now the former coach of the Providence Bruins, right? And you hear Don Sweeney make the comment the team wants to get another transitional defenseman, while Bruce Cassidy's a transitional coach. So now you look at their defense going into next year. You got Chara still, Seidenberg, McQuaid, and Miller, and Rask too. But between all those players, that's over twenty million dollars, and none of those players have the speed to be transitional defensemen. And you're not talking about the fact that they're going to still go after Krug and probably throw dumb money at Krug, too. So what is are the Bruins doing? What's changed in the last three years? Nothing since we lost Shirelli. They, Nothing's changed. It's the same old story. They've choked the last two years. They bring back Julian. We both disagree with it. But you know what? I understand why they bring back Julian. I do. Even though I don't like it, I can understand why. He is a good coach. But... But yet you're bringing in Bruce Cassidy, which is a sign that they're not that confident in Julian because Cassidy's been the person that's been talked about all along in the media to possibly replace Julian. So now you have Julian's replacement. And there's a very, very similar issue going on with the Boston Red Sox, too, with Tori Lovulu and John Farrell. This all seems very similar. I don't think Julian should be that comfortable this year. Well, I mean, I don't think he should be that comfortable this year either, but we said the same thing last year and he kept his job. And like you, you just named off the Bruins defenseman for next year. Seidenberg, Chara, McQuaid, Miller. It's the same thing as they had the last year. And, and, ever- you got Tor- and they want to re-sign Tory Krug. So, yet again, it's the same thing as last year. It's the same decor. What's changed? There's nothing has changed. I don't understand what they're doing over there. They, you just missed the playoffs for the second consecutive year, choking down the stretch. Defense was your biggest no, problem Sweeney, all year. Sweeney says he's gonna, if Sweeney says who he's going to bring in a transitional defenseman or he's going to try, who's out? I don't, I don't know who's out, but the thing is, they've been talking about trying to improve the defense. The first thing Cam Mealy and Don Sweeney said after the year, we need to improve our defense. Well, you're keeping five of six defensemen from last year. That's not improving anything. And say they do bring in someone, whoever it may be, for that the sixth spot they have opened. We've seen this before. Thomas Cabroy, uh, Joe Corville, all were supposedly transitional defensemen. How did they fare in Boston? They didn't. Maybe things would be different because Cassie is a defensive coach. But you still don't have the speed for the entire defense, and those players will be exposed. I just don't understand. Even if you bring in someone, name any defenseman that you bring in. I don't care. The rest of the defense sucks. It's the same thing as last year. I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know what Don Sweeney's thinking bringing back Kevin Miller, who is going to be 29 years old, and give him a $2.5 million contract. Off of two shoulder injuries in the last two seasons. He's literally Adam McQuaid 2.0. He's the same exact thing as Adam McQuaid. And now you have both of them. And then you have Joe Haggerty. Now you have four defensemen that are shells of what they used to be. And then you had Joe Haggerty from CSN talking to NHL people saying how the Bruins will not be able to win with both Adam McQuaid and Kevin Miller because they're both the same player, making roughly the same money. I don't understand what they're doing. They have too many bottom-of-the-barrel defensemen. Then you have Seidenberg coming out saying he doesn't want – he hope, ho- hopes the Bruins don't ask him to lift his no-trade clause. I, I understand why he's saying that because wait, he's, the, wait, I actually missed that. Steinberg. Steinberg said that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to have to lose his no trade clause. See, this is just bad. And then so the, the Bruins are bringing back their coach from last year, all the defensemen. Uh, they're try, they're talking to Tory Krug now, and you know what? I I understand talking to Tory Krug. I'm I don't Tory Krug's fine, but but don't throw stupid money at the kid. Don Don Sweeney had said in his press conference after and his uh, media availability. After signing Kevin Miller, oh, we've talked to Tory Crew and his agent, and you know, whatever he wants, we'll get a deal done. Why are you saying that? Why are you t- letting him dictate what he wants? You're pretty much saying, hey, ask for whatever, how much money you want, we'll give it to you. No problems, no, no problems about it. Just tell me what you want, we'll give you the money. No problem. Yeah, you want seven million? Here you go, it's seven million. Like, can you be a worse GM than come out and say we're openly trying? Like, I understand you say. Uh, we're working on we're working on signing Tory Krug. We'll we'll see if we can get a deal done. Something like that. He's pretty much telling everyone. Well, and no matter what he wants, we'll it, give it to him. No matter what he wants. Here you go. Yeah, you know what? Tell me how similar this is to the Boston Red Sox of a few years ago when they got rid of Theo Epstein and brought in Ben Sherrington. Now the Bruins got rid of Peter Shirelli and brought in Don Sweeney. Doesn't this all feel very familiar? It doesn't make. Is it a Boston thing? I don't know, but, but uh, Don Sweeney's been in the organization before, and it's just crazy how Don Sweeney has said from the beginning, "I want to." Do more of a transition game. I want to bring in skilled defensemen. I want to bring up the young players. I want to have be transitioning. And you know what? But yet he's in love with the same players that have done nothing. Exactly. And the problem was, like you said, it's pretty much like Shirelli. What young player has gotten better under Don Sweeney? Not one. 
Not yet. No. And now he's signing Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid for four-year extensions? You know how painful this is going to be to watch this year? Like, what young... I know, I understand that the Bruins' young defensemen, some of them aren't ready yet, but you had Joe Morrow last year, you had Zach Trotman, you had Colin Miller, and I understand they weren't the best defensemen, but they were young and you were trying to develop them, and you didn't develop any of them because Colin Miller, you sent to Providence, Joe Morrow was already always scratched because you kept playing the older veterans that suck. The Kevin Millers of the world, who we talked about all last year, played all the time. And I don't understand why that is happening. So now you have Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid for the next seven years as of right now. Could something happen later on where they get rid of Adam McQuaid or Kevin Miller? No, technically not in the next seven years. Wait a minute, hold off on that one. Technically not in the next seven years. You've got Kevin Miller for the next four, Adam McQuaid for the next three. That's seven years. Seven years combined. That's what I mean. But Yes, that's what I meant. For the next seven years combined, you have Adam McQuaid and, and Kevin Miller in your decoy. You're putting in $5 million on two players when you could get $5 million for one player. And, so and you know what? Doing. They're, you know, they're doing the same thing they did when they traded Tyler Sagan. They're playing for ponies. And the one problem I have with the two also is I can understand if you wanted Miller and McQuaid to be your 5-6 pairing, your bottom pair of defensemen. They're both righties. They can't play together. Neither of them play their off defense wing. They all, they don't play on the left side. They both play the right defense. So that means guaranteed going into next year as of right now, Adam McQuaid or Kevin Miller is in your top four. Automatically. Do you know if Adam McQuaid has a no-trade clause by any chance? I don't know, but I could care less because the Bruins, the Don Sweeney just gave him a four-year contract last year. He still, he could still trade him. It's one of those crazy, I've heard, I've seen crazier. Sweeney's just dumb enough to keep Miller over McQuaid. The thing is, I would feel a lot better about it though if they traded if they did trade McQuaid. I would too if they traded McQuaid. That's that's the kind but of the, the thing point is, I'm I don't even know what the hell's going on over there. So I don't even trust that they are going to trade Adam McQuaid. They'll probably keep him. They kept everyone else. They're trying to bring back the whole team from last year that choked away the playoffs. Hey, Tori Krug, what do you want? We'll give it to you. Yeah, we're talking to Louis Erickson. We're trying to gain some ground there. Why are you talking to Louis Erickson's agent? I don't understand. That was you should have traded him at the deadline. But, you know, you, you added pieces. And now all of a sudden you're talking to him. He's going to be 31. He wants five or six years for five or six million dollars. You just got you just got rid of the last GM, like you said, because he was giving out extensions and picking up players that don't deserve to be paid this type of money. It's going to happen it's, again. It's going to happen again. I, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to this week or the week after, and all of a sudden you'll see Bruins signed Louis Erickson, Bruins signed Tory Krug. And you're going to have the same team. The same team. Nothing changes. No. I mean, you just choked away the playoffs the last two years, and what changed? Nothing. Not one thing. And it's going to happen again this year, too. Oh, you know I mean, I, Actually, I shouldn't have said nothing happened, Jason. You know who they blamed? They blamed the two assistant coaches. Yeah, exactly. The two assistant coaches were the only two people that left the whole organization in the last two years. Can you believe that? It's frustrating. It's the most frustrating thing in the world because you sit here and root for this team and you have people who, as we, you and I debated on Facebook this week with a couple of people who really just are fangirls, keeping the dumb players and hoping that team plays well. Yeah, and it's just like everyone's like, well, they only, some people are like, oh, well, they only missed the playoffs by a game. Yeah, I understand they only missed the playoffs by a game. They missed the playoffs. They missed the playoffs. And then everyone's like... I don't care if you miss it by a game or 12 games. They missed the playoffs. They sucked. They missed the playoffs. How do you have to argue that to every one of those people that says that? How can you argue that? They missed the playoffs. And I even brought up, and people were like, oh, well, um, someone... someone you have, here, I'm going to go even further because we've seen this is already starting. Martin Jones and Matt Murray are sitting in the Stanley Cup Finals combined for a Frickin' price of three million five hundred thousand. And if you want to add in Vasilevsky, who played for Tampa, or Br- it's still less than what Tukarask's getting paid. If you if you add up probably all four of the goalies that played in the conference finals this playoffs, they all make less than Tukarask combined. So there's a solution: get rid of Rask. Throw in McIntyre. Go for it. What do you have to lose? Your defense sucks anyway. That's I don't know what's going on over there. I have no clue. And you have people tweeting at me like. Oh, well, it would have been good for the Bruins to make the playoffs because they would have gotten experience. I'm sorry. I, don't give me that bull crap about experience. And I, and we I, saw it with Detroit. I said, I, I, the first thing I brought up was Detroit. Detroit made the playoffs, and they lost in five games to Tampa Bay. Does that really help them? Are they really better no. going forward? No. They're about to lose Pavel Datsuk. 
they're not going to be any better because they played. I've heard, I've heard Pavel Datsyuk staying. Oh, well, we'll have to wait and see. There's been a lot of mixed. We'll talk, Let it play we'll out. Talk, I haven't heard it yeah, finalized. We'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a few. But uh, Detroit lost in five games to Tampa. Is that really going to help them? Do people really look at Detroit and say, oh, contender, because they made the playoffs? No. Even if the Bruins made the playoffs, they would have lost Tampa Bay too. So I don't understand why people were like, oh, well, it should have been for the experience. No. I don't know how pe- I don't know how people can sit back here and just defend, defend, defend when it comes to the Bruins. I don't get it. I just don't understand what, what some people are looking at. This team is not very good. It's not. Their defense is horrible. Everyone with a set of eyes can see that. Going into last year, everyone stated the Bruins' defense will be the weakest part of them. The weakest part of their their team is the def- defense. And now they have five of six coming back next year. Five of six. As of right now, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but this is the problem when you sign Kevin Miller. You re-sign him for four years. Adam McQuaid for four years last year, and you still have Seidenberg, and you still have Chara. They both have no movement clauses and probably don't want to leave Boston, so it's going to be hard to trade one of them two. You have Colin Miller, who you traded Milan Lucic for, who barely played last year because the coach doesn't like him because he doesn't like to play skilled players. And where is he going to play now? Where is he going to play? He's not. Exactly. That's the problem. He's not so Don Sweeney is not getting younger and just like you said to start the show, it is just like Peter Shirley two point And why would Cam Neely sign off like Kevin Miller though? Like why would Cam Neely does Cam Neely realize the job's on the line? It's not all just Don Sweeney right now, you know that. It's so we can't just we, we can place this on Neely too. You said it perfectly to start the show. It's Peter Shirley two point Nothing has changed. And we and as Bruins fans, I, I thought I mean as a Bruins fan and as a Bruins commentator I thought it was going. Are we are we biased because we're sitting here bashing the Bruins because of the dumb moves that they're making because of what we've already seen the results that are already shown? It's it's. Bad I was called biased this week because of the fact that I believe in honestly that I do not agree with what the Bruins are doing. I haven't hidden that for over a year. And it's it's shame on me for a Bruins commentator and a Bruins fan thinking it would be different with Don Sweeney because you know it was Cam Neely. I felt like I felt like personally Cam Neely and Peter Shirley butted heads a lot, and I felt like okay Don Sweeney and Cam Neely played together. They're good friends, and Sweeney picked Neely. I mean, Neely picked Sweeney to be the guy. I said, okay, perfect. Uh, hopefully the thing changed around. But Don Sweeney was the assistant GM under Shirelli. I should have known that it wasn't going to change this much. I what, so what has Sweeney learned different from Sweeney? Nothing. I mean, other way around. You know what I mean. Sweeney, what has Sweeney learned from Shirelli? Nothing. He's picking up the same kind of traits. Same thing. Everything that Sweeney said he was going to do for this team, he hasn't done. He's pretty much mimicked Peter In- Shirelli. As a commentator or a fan, it doesn't matter. In way, I hope that this thing falls up and blows up in their faces because of the fact that I want proof that says, hey, nothing's changed. I, I don't know if how, if you're, as a Bruins fan, you can look at how anything's changed. What has changed? He, Sweeney says he wants to bring back Erickson. They bring, they're going to bring back Krug at all costs. They just bring back Miller. He brought back McQuaid last year. The coach is back. What, that's, I, you would think the Bruins just made this conference finals and lost. And they're knocking on the door for a Stanley Cup. It's like, is getting into the playoffs good enough? Is that really the mindset they're going with? And that, 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 that's what's making me worry, too, is that the Jacobs, the owners of the team, are putting pressure on the Sweeney and Neely to make the playoffs. So they're like, okay, well, maybe we were, we were a game away last year, so, you know, if we play a little bit better... But if we'll you're a game away playoffs. last year with aging players, these players, just, these players are still aging they're getting older. They're not getting younger. No, I agree. I'm just thinking. I'm just trying to see. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I don't know. It's just. It's I, a naive thought. Know. It's a dumb naive thought to think that the team's gonna get themselves back into the playoffs with the East getting better. I just don't. And you see it. I just don't know what's going on over there. I have no clue. Kevin Miller, four years, ten million. That's a joke. He has room for growth. He's 29. He's not gonna get that much better. What you see, he's 29 coming off of two broken shoulders. And what you see is what you get. If he was any good, he wouldn't be getting his first big contract in the NHL at age 29. I'm sorry. It's not how it goes. It's frustrating for the Bruins younger players that are in the system because now that creates a traffic jam. Colin Miller's not going to play. You have nowhere to put him. Colin Miller. What about half the other defensemen? Brandon, Brandon Carlo. Who else is in that, everybody else that's sitting in that system? You have, yeah, because you have, you have a play. You have Providence for another year? You have year? a for the next three, and you have Miller for the next four. Possibly Krug for the next five, the way they're yeah, going. Yeah, probably five. Hey, Krug, you want five years, six million per? Yeah, you might. You, you got it, dude. Don't worry about it. 
And we're going to give you a no trade clause while yep. we're on it because we have. Hey, Lou, you want to come back? Yep, we're working on a deal. Don't worry about it. Just keep just bring back everyone. Bring back everyone. Good, because I want to see it blow up in their faces. Why don't they bring back Gustin too? Why don't you sign Gustin for you know sign him for three years and three million dollars too? Right, you might as well. Right, but see, they would be smarter putting in McIntyre, getting rid of Rask. See, I'm I'm just crazy enough to do it at this point after watching Matt Murray. I don't. Well, the th- that's the thing is. Matt Murray and Vasilevsky were both drafted in the same draft that Malcolm Subban is. And Malcolm Subban's not even close. That's what's sad. Malcolm Subban's not even close. That is what is sad. It's just, I don't know what the... It's another, that's a first-round bust that they wasted on Malcolm Subban. I don't know. He's not going to make it to the NHL. You saw that one game he played against the Bulls. He was awful. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here. The Bruins, I don't know. I know. I know it's early, but still, John Sweeney deserves this bashing. The Bruins deserve this bashing. I don't know what where this team's going, what their direction is, what their plan is. I haven't heard one person like this deal. You have uh, NHL people around the league saying you can't win with both McQuaid and Miller. I haven't heard. I've heard. I haven't even seen Bruins beat guys who usually defend everything like this deal. The only thing. The only thing I saw was from also from Joe Haggerty that said that Kevin Miller and Jimmy Vesey have the same agent. So because of that, maybe Jimmy Vesey will come to Boston. I'm sorry. I don't believe that for a second. Just because he, he has the same agent as Jimmy Vesey, that means nothing. I'm sorry. It means nothing. What the hell is selling Kevin Miller for four more years, who we think sucks, is going to bring in uh, Jimmy Vesey. Jimmy Vesey? Jimmy Vesey. No. No. I'm sorry. Vesey's not – I don't. that's not going to be the reason Vesey comes to Boston. It's not going to be. But you know what? If, if, I'm, if he signs Beasy, I'll, I'll I'll be like, okay, I get it. But I but still, you shouldn't be giving Kevin Miller four years, ten million dollars. He's not worth that four years. I mean, I can understand a one year contract, but not four years. Or two? Why couldn't it be two years, three million? Two years, three million. That's fair. Yeah. And if he doesn't take it, okay, sorry, well, I'm gonna move on then. You can find players like yeah. Kevin Miller. San Jose just traded for Roman Polak at the deadline, and now they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. We're getting to San Jose after because it's San Jose is a whole other story. I understand that, but, but own. it's just I don't know what's going on over there. Bruins, this Bruins team is frustrating. This management is frustrating. You would think something would change after choking the playoffs away two straight years. You know what do you know? The two teams in the Stanley Cup Finals both changed their coaches. Change their coach, coaches and have cheap goaltenders. You know. Uh, yeah. And they play with speed. Yep. Which the Bruins aren't going to have this skilled. year. They're skilled players. But anyways, we'll just... We'll, we'll, uh, I'm, I can bash... Oh, yeah. You know, think about think about Phil Kessel and Joe Thornton, two former Bruins, are sitting in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, we'll talk right about now. this in a second. The one thing I do like is Bruce Cassidy as the assistant coach. So That is the one thing I like, too. We're on the same page there. So Bruce Cassidy, for those of you that might not know as much, he's been the Providence Bruins coach for the past few years. I think Bruce Cassidy is a good coach. He's been... Obviously, getting Providence to be better and better every year. They they finished pretty high up on the Eastern Conference this year, and I think he's done a good job with developing players in Providence. Obviously, when they get called up to the Boston with Julian, it's a different story. But Bruce Cassidy will be running the defenseman, and like, like you said, I kind of feel like they're looking they're looking at him to maybe be Julian's replacement if, if stuff goes wrong this year. Uh, he's run, he's only been running the defense, so hopefully the defense can get a little bit better under Cassidy because Claude Julian has seems to not be able to coach them up. I do like Cassidy. We'll have to see what he does this year, but hopefully, hopefully they don't have a bad year because if they do, they'll probably just tell Bruce Cassidy and Jay Pandolfo to go and just keep Claude Julian again. Yeah, this is what I'm thinking, and I want to know if you're thinking the same thing. You you have Charo Seidenberg, McQuaid, Miller, all slower defensemen, yet Cassidy's more of a transitional defensive coach. Do you feel like they're setting up Cassidy for failure with that? The way it's they are now, I I don't see how you would think otherwise. I I don't understand mm. because. Like you said, he he wants to be more transitional. And How can he be transitional with those players? You can't. They're all hard-nosed, tough players. They're not really skilled. You could maybe say get, have an argument for Chara a couple of years ago, but now he's 39, 40 years old. He can't move like he used to move. McQuaid's never been that. Seidenberg's never been that, and neither has Kevin Miller. The only person that he'll probably help is Tory Krug. The Bruins don't have. Yeah, and Tori Krug had that skill when he first walked into the NHL. Exactly. So I don't. And Julian took it away. And I don't see. I don't see how, how Cassidy's going to have any 
success with Cassidy that can help Colin Miller. If they keep Colin Miller, Cassidy can help him. Oh, Colin Miller played well in Providence this year. I wonder why. Yep. Cassidy. Because I think Bruce Cassidy. Like, you you almost get this gut feeling that Sweeney's setting Cassidy up for failure. It, look, it looks, I mean, I just don't understand what, what more Cassidy can do. All these defensemen are older now. They're not young defensemen. You can't teach them stuff anymore. They're, they are what they are. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. They are what they are. But I do like the Cassidy thing. I just think it's we're going to have to wait and see how the offseason plays out. But as, like, um, if, if, if that defense is awful this year, I'm going to have a hard time blaming Cassidy. That's the thing. People are going to look for a place to put, uh, to put the blame. How can you blame Cassidy when you don't have the pieces? I don't think anyone will blame Cassidy. I just think everyone knows the Bruins defense sucks. I think everyone will blame Sweeney. What does he have to work with? Everyone knows these four defensemen aren't that good anymore. No, it's it's just it's gonna it's gonna be a rough time in Boston. It's gonna be a rough summer. They have a long summer to go, and hopefully fixing this decor. But as of right now, it's off to an absolutely horrible start. Horrible start. But what's well, trending here to the Stanley Cup and the Stanley Cup Finals here, and you have the San Jose Sharks playing the Pittsburgh Penguins, as you said. Kessel versus Thornton. And the one thing that's been really bothering me recently is the Joe Thornton stuff about how the Bruins fans and Bruins management should be regretting the Joe Thornton trade. And at the time, obviously, I was younger at the time. I didn't like the trade. But now when I got, as I got older, I understood why they did it. Joe Thornton was the number one overall pick for the Bruins. He won the MVP, but he didn't win anything in Boston. He was the captain. He was the leader of the team. He didn't win anything. So the Bruins traded him and got rid of him to San Jose. The Bruins rebuilt their whole team by tr- after trading Thornton and won a cup before Thornton even reached the Stanley Cup in San Jose. And everyone that's been watching hockey knows that San Jose team has been very good for a few years now. And Joe Thornton has been the captain of that team for quite some time also. And what's ironic about that is they stripped him of the captaincy this year or last year, whatever it was. They put it on Joe Pavelski, and now all of a sudden the Sharks are in the Stanley Cup Finals. And I'm not saying – and I, Thornton is playing well, so I'm not, I'm not going to knock his play because he's playing well. But he's not a leader, and he, wasn't, he couldn't be the franchise go-to player. The Sharks are doing better because Joe Pavelski is the leader of that team. I'm sorry. The Bruins got rid of Thornton. They don't – I wouldn't regret it one bit as a Bruins fan. They got rid of Thornton. They won a cup and rebuilt their whole roster, and that should be it. It's been a long time coming now. There's no I – I don't think there should be any regrets about the Joe Thornton trade whatsoever. Nothing. Joe, I'm happy for Joe Thornton. I'm rooting for Joe Thornton if that's what you want me to say. I am rooting for Joe Thornton. But I, I hate this whole thing about, oh, the Bruins should regret that. Like, that was one of the worst trades ever. The Bruins got past – that trade in one a cup, there is nothing you can say. The pieces they got back weren't that great, no, but they still won a cup before Thornton. So how can you say that was a horrible trade? You can. That's like you're you're like twelve, fifteen years too late with that. Yes, you know what? Joe Thornton's no longer the captain at San Jose, but man, what a heck of a role player he's been, and a good job by San Jose to recognize Joe Pavelski as a leader. And yes, Joe Thornton's still one of the assistant captains, so he still plays a major role. But, man, what a great job building that team by the Sharks management. It's just, you look at it, like, you look at it, and it's like, like I said, I don't mean to knock his play. I think he's playing phenomenal. And he's playing with Pavelski on the same line. But once they took the captaincy away from Thornton, and once they put it on Pavelski, they're playing way better. They're playing so much better. Joe Thornton's not a leader. He's one of the guys you have, he's one of the guys you're going to have on your team to go along for the ride, but he's not the main guy. So I understand why the Bruins traded him, and if you look at that and say, oh, the Bruins should regret that, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't regret it. The Bruins won a cup. They retooled their roster, and even though right now the Bruins don't look that great, the Bruins had a better run when they were good than Thornton did. They won into two cups. They won one. This is Thornton's first cup, and he's been in the league for 19 years. So I don't think the Bruins were bad or regret trading Joe Ford. No, they shouldn't. And like I said, you, you gotta tip your hat to Joe Thornton because he's he does he deserves this cup if they win. 
if that team has fought hard, and I like Joe Thornton as a player, and you have to root for him because you really, how can you I not? I am rooting for Joe Thornton. I'm rooting for the San Jose Sharks. I do not like the Pittsburgh Penguins. I do not like Phil Kessel, even though Phil Kessel has been playing phenomenal this postseason, and he is a point-per-game player in the playoffs. I I just don't want Phil Kessel to win. I think he's a weasel. I He wanted out of Boston. Joe Thornton actually cared when he got traded from Boston. He like was very upset by it and emotional. Kessel could give a rat's ass. He wanted to get out of here so bad. I, but you do look at it and say the Bruins did have some franchise players that they traded away, and it just so happens that they had another one in Tyler Sagan, and they, all three of them are gone. And you have to look at that and say, is that a Bruins thing, or is that Claude Julian, or what? Because the Bruins should be getting rid of all of these good players. Even though I agree with the Kessel trade, I, I'm not saying you should have kept Phil Kessel, but you've had three pretty much really skilled franchise players that are all gone off this Bruins team in, what, a 15-year span? Yes, and, and I think it's a Bruins thing at the moment, the management. It's got to be, right? Yeah, it's got to be. It's it's mind-blowing, but we'll get back, let's get back to the Stanley Cup Finals. You have Pittsburgh, who just beat Tampa Bay in Game 7. Uh, Pittsburgh was uh, the better team, I think, for the majority. Pittsburgh wouldn't have been there if Ben Bishop was healthy. Let's just put it that Maybe, way. Maybe, but I don't think Vasilevsky played that bad. Vasilevsky played great. I mean, Pittsburgh, I, Pittsburgh, I mean, Tampa Bay only scored one goal last night. Pittsburgh seemed to have more jump, more energy. Uh, I think P- Pittsburgh wanted a little more, it seemed like. Uh, Stamkos came back last night, but you could tell he wasn't himself. He hasn't played in over two months. It was tough for him to transition there. And the, the Sharks took took down the Blues uh, in game six at home ice. The Blues kind of made a little... And that game wasn't even close. They, wasn't the Blues even made close. it a little bit interesting. He dominated. The Blues made it a little bit interesting late. They had two goals late from Tarasenko. Who was a no-show all series, by the way. And until game seven in the last few minutes. But Tarasenko is still young. You gotta give him credit for playing a tough, tough, tough season. But the Sharks, I think the Sharks are a team of destiny right now. It feels like it. It's like you know how sometimes you just watch a team play and you just go that that team that like feels like a team of destiny. Like it seems like they're gonna be the team. That feels like the Sharks. Because it, fe- it feels like you know the Western Conference was a dominant conference, but the Sharks seem like they are healthy. They have, they're, the way that they're, they're healthy, they're getting like timely goals. They're getting, they have a good power play. They have a good penalty kill. They have a tough home. They're very good on the road. They're very good at home. I just feel like when you watch them, you just sit there and go, "This is this is the team that's going to win it this year." Like they, and they have a goaltender that plays very composed, and they're fast. They're very fast. They're really really fast. They're if you watch them, you can tell they're very very skilled. They move the puck well. There, they get it on the forecheck. But, but Mike, didn't we see this coming that the NHL was turning to a speed game? Yeah, both teams in the Stanley Cup Finals are speed. All speed, and the Bruins defensemen can't even keep up with any of these teams. And that's what makes me frustrated. Charles Seidenberg, Miller, McQuaid. They can't keep up with Pavelski or Crosby or Connor Sherry or Don Scoy or Thomas Hurdle. And even going to Tampa Bay, Kucherov, Johnson, uh, Druin. Nestor, uh, well, you can name it. You can go all I day. I mean, the, obviously, the, the heavy team was St. Louis, and the Sharks kind of had their way with them. Yeah, I mean, St. Louis had a couple of good games. It was a back-and-forth series. I mean, certainly more back-and-forth than that Pittsburgh-Tampa series where Pittsburgh dominated a lot of the games with the shots on goal, and Tampa, Tampa just succumbed to it, and it was tough for Tampa. But, you know, it seemed like that series of Sharks and the Blues. It was a tough series with a lot of speed, and it was entertaining to watch. Oh, it was definitely entertaining to watch. But, uh, so, you said you, you, I think you said you were uh, picking the Sharks, correct? Yeah, I'm picking the Sharks in six. I'm picking the Sharks in six also, which is kind of weird, because usually we disagree on these, but I, I just think the Sharks, like I said, I think the Sharks are a team of destiny. You just, it has that feeling. It does, right? And I think that's going to, I think the MVP will be either be Couture or Pavelski if I'd pick two players. I know, Couture's quietly getting it done for the San Jose. Quiet quietly. being the key words. Yeah, because everyone looks at, obviously, Thornton and Brent Burns and Joe Pavelski. And Couture's kind of just flying under the radar, and he's been playing phenomenal. He leads the team in points. He leads the uh, playoffs in points at the moment. The playoffs in points and his team, like you said. And Pittsburgh's obviously... And, Pavelski, and Pavelski's right behind, like right behind. Yeah, and Pittsburgh, like you said, is going to be a and tough... that just shows how dominant those two lines are. Yeah, and Pittsburgh's obviously going to be tough, too, because Pittsburgh's been playing pretty well. And they've been probably one of the hottest teams in the whole NHL. 
He's probably it didn't. We were shocked. we were saying this last week. Remember when I mentioned that Pittsburgh might have brought Mark Andre Fleury back in? And they didn't. It was a disaster. And they did, and it was a disaster. You, what does that say about Matt Murray? He's. Very, I think Matt Murray is very impressive good. for a young kid. Yeah, I thought he played very well last night. And I thought I I would disagree with him from the beginning when they brought in Fleury. I I think I said that to you. I was like, that's a mistake. That would be dumb. Yeah, you were right. It was, and I agreed with you on that one. That would have been a mistake the way that. Murray was playing. I thought Murray was playing well. Uh, even like, like I thought for that game pulling him because the Pittsburgh wasn't the Pittsburgh was down like four nothing, and obviously you, you pull your goalie to try and get some momentum for that game to carry over to the next game. I don't think those goals were Murray's fault though. Murray's been playing, I think, very good for all playoffs long, and I just think Flurry's a head case and Flurry's a choke artist, so I don't know why you would play Flurry. No, and you know that's why this series is going to be interesting. You know whether or not. The Sharks dominate right away, and they put Flurry in to try to save themselves. If they lose faith in Murray early on, also, you have to wonder that. Also, I don't know if you watched last night. Did you notice the Pittsburgh touched the trophy? Yes, I did. I was going to mention something about that myself, about Pittsburgh touching the trophy and San Jose not. Isn't that crazy? Um, well, this, always, the, way that just... hap- the way that's happened, and I, I listened to the story, too. When Pittsburgh, when Crosby didn't touch the trophy the year they were in the cup, they lost. When they touched it the first time, they won the cup. So that's why they went back to touching it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I, I heard that story as well, that they touched the cup. They, they lost to Detroit a few years back when he didn't touch it. They won when he did touch it. So that's what Crosby's probably thinking. The, the Sharks went a different route and didn't touch it. It's all these rumors about how if you touch it, you're jinxed, or if you don't, you're jinxed. It's like, holy smokes. Superstition. Yeah. So, it's a waste of time. So superstitious. So superstitious. Still got still to gotta play the game. Yeah, you do. You're still got to play the game. Like I said, I don't think touching the trophy is going to have any impact on anything. But yeah, I know it's really it was very interesting. Just you know, those were those were good games. Pittsburgh really earned that one. I thought there were a lot of impressive things about Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is going to team to watch out be a team to watch out for going into next year. And think about the fact that they're going to have a two goalie duel for, with Vasilevsky and Bishop. So the next thing I want to talk about quickly, too, is uh, that ends Steven Stamkos with the Lightning. There's going to be a lot of speculation about Steven Stamkos and his pending free agency. And there's been a recent little rumblings around Boston about how he could possibly be on the Bruins' radar because Claude Julian likes him. Claude Julian went to visit him in the hotel when Stamkos broke his leg in Boston a few years back. The Bruins have cap space for once. They never usually have cap space to sign free agents. He's obviously the biggest one on the market. Um, he's only 26. He's everything you want for in a player. He works hard. He's tough. He gets back on defense. He has a good shot. He can score. He plays power play. He plays penalty kill. I don't see him coming to Boston. I don't. And I would, when you think about the Sarah said that that, that contract's going to have to be, I wouldn't want him to come to Boston because one player doesn't make a team. I just don't think he's coming. I don't think it's going to happen. As much as Bruins fans want to speculate and throw the idea out there, I don't think it's happening. I know I, I speculated on Facebook because I wanted to stir the pot. I'm not rooting for him to come here. I am. Why wouldn't you want Steven Stamkos? He's one of the top ten players in the Because if he, I'd want him for the right um unfortunately I'm trying to think like the Patriots do, but I'd want him for the right price, not for the entire max contract deal because it ruins the entire rest of the team. You still have to build the team for the other for future years. Yeah, I understand that, but if if you draft well and you and you get people throughout your system that you have on rookie contracts, you should be able to do it. Like Chicago, true. But Chicago do you have, has. Do you have, I know Chicago is. You funny. have faith that they can draft well. I have more faith in this in Sweeney to draft well than I had in Shirelli. We'll have to wait and see a couple years how it goes. But the Bruins do have some pretty good prospects right now. They also have two in the in the Memorial Cup in Lawson and DeBrusque right now. DeBrusque seems to be finding his stride. Sanishin seems to be a goal scorer. Brandon Carlo seems to be a pretty solid defenseman. So we'll have to wait and see. But that's how Chicago does it. That's how LA's been doing it. That's how these good teams have been doing it. The Sharks, true. The Sharks are doing it the same way right now too. They have, you know, Don. No, you're exactly have... right about that. I'm just not sure I have that faith in that management because it's all like I said. Management feels like it's surely 2.0. It does. It, that's it, what I'm saying. I don't have it, no it faith. Really even, though these, feel like that. even though these players look good in their in their respective leagues that they're in, it's hard to have faith that they can come. They'll they'll be able to come up to the NHL and be successful. You know where I'm coming from. Yeah, I do because I don't trust Julian to play them. Bingo. Because you have you have San Jose and you have you have look at Tampa Bay last night. 
one of Tampa Bay's best players on the ice last night was Jonathan Drouin. He would not be playing in Claude Julien's system. He'd probably have a turnover, and Claude Julien would bench him. But, but who scored the goal? I mean, that's why it worries me. That's why it worries me about Pasternak. Oh, uh, no one is he going to be on this roster next year? No one's more worried about Pasternak than I am. I've been saying it from day one that since he got here, I was like, it's only a matter of time before they trade him. Because Claude Julien doesn't like those type of players. What? Who does? Who does Pasternak remind you of? Kind of like Sagan, right? Sagan. Exactly. Where's Sagan right now? He's traded. Dallas. And then what did Sagan remind you of a little bit? Kessel? Kessel's Kessel. gone. And so it's the same thing. It's only a matter of time before Pat Julian gets rid of him. You know, Julian blasts him in, in press conferences and says, well, you know, he's turning the puck over. He's not slinging on the wall. Blah, 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 blah. Yet other players turn the puck over and they're still playing. Like, yeah, it's 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 the most it's it's frustrating. It really is. And I understand he's young and he doesn't he's not good on defense. I understand that. And if you're up a goal and you don't want to play him, you don't have to play him. I totally agree with you. I wouldn't play him either if you're up a goal. But when you're down a goal and he turns the puck over and you bench him the next shift, why? He's one of your better goal scorers on the team. I don't So that's why I get it. I don't I don't have any faith in them with the young players either, but that's the that's the model. You sign the good players, so like for example, if you sign Stamkos and you sign Bergeron, you have Bergeron and Stamkos sign as your two big guns, right? And then you build the roster off of complementary pieces, kind of like what Pittsburgh and kind of what San Jose did. Yeah, I mean, so you Chicago. so you get so you get so you get Stamkos. Who goes? And that's not Everybody, everybody in Boston seems to think that they're pretty set at center, which I don't buy for a second because we're both thinking Krejci. Krejci, Krejci would be the one I would trade. Like, do you think this team is set at center? Or do you think that Bergeron's the only good center they really have that you can trust? I I do like Krejci. I'm, I'm a little biased towards Krejci. I think Krejci's a good center. Yeah, I know that you've been that is true. You have been biased towards Krejci. I'm not as high on Krejci as you are. But I would still say trade him if you can get the right deal for him. That, that's the thing. I, I, the only player I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't trade three players on this team. Three. It'd be Bergeron. It'd be Marchand. It would be Pashnik. Those are the only three players I would keep. And you have Martian and Pasternak's are co- contracts up next year, and you just have to be shaking your head because it's just like, who are they going to keep? They probably won't keep either of them, to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ma- no, Martian scored, scored more than 30 goals this year. He's too skilled for us now. Sorry, Brad. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be it's a one of those. Just, it's, one of those, it's a Boston thing. It's a Julian thing, which is why you hope that they make cha- the changes quickly if this team struggles out of I the gate. I hope they do struggle they- out of the gate because you know what Pittsburgh did? They were... They were down and out during the year, and they fired their coach, and they went on the best run in hockey. Do you remember? Do you remember the? Sh- did you listen? Did you listen to the? Uh, what was it? The Brian Rust interview after the uh, they got the trophy. I did not hear that. No. Okay, they said this about Mike Sullivan. That Coach Sullivan gave them pride, made them prideful of the way that they played. That's what changed. It's craziness. Also, the Sharks changed their coach, and I don't know if you remember this, but. Former Florida Panthers coach Peter DeBoer. And Devils. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Remember we talked about how the Bruins made that trade of Jones to San Jose, and the Sharks were play, playing really bad. And it was a top five pick at the time. Do you remember we were speculating about that? Yeah. And now we'll go to the Sharks are in the Stanley Cup Finals. You... But you know you know yep. what? They changed their coach though in the beginning of the year. They needed time to gel and learn his systems, and now look what they are. Both teams in the Stanley Cup Finals have new coaches, and they played. With, and they play with a lot of pride. It's, I don't know what the Bruins are doing. The Bruins just don't get it. I could talk about hours and hours about this team and how frustrated I am with them, but we have, it's it's crazy. I don't know what direction they're going in. I I fear I fear for what's coming next. Like you said, I don't know what's coming next, and I fear for it. Because you can't we as Bruins fans as analysts we really can't trust it at this point. What's the trust? Any move they make, you can't trust it. You just you can't buy into it until you see them play next next fall. I I, I gotta see what goes on with this with this roster going forward, because I don't I just don't understand how everyone can say the first priority is defense. Everyone can see that. Everyone has noticed that with this Bruins team is that their defense is atrocious. Not not one person has spoken towards Chara being a number one defenseman anymore. Not one. Person. Not even just number. Not even just that. Who's their number two? Seidenberg, and he's not even number two. Like Chara, Chara is probably a number three or four defenseman right now in his career because he's so old. Seidenberg 
McQuaid, and Miller are easily all fives and sixes right now. Easily. So you have three five and six defensemen. You have a number three or four in Chara. And I think Tory Krug's pushing a four, if that. I don't think he's anything higher than that. And that's why this summer has to play out, and you have to hope that they have something up their sleeve. But you have to also hope that it's it's a balance. Like, you have Cassidy coming, but you don't have the speed on the defense to get you there. Even if they get another transitional defenseman, who's out of that? It's 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 baffling. Uh, also, quickly, um, Pebble Datsuk is very. It's a very weird situation going on with Pebble Datsuk right now in the Detroit Red Wings. There's been reports that KHL teams are offering them deals. There's been reports that he turned him down. There's been reports that he's signing there. It's a little messed up right now because Dadsuk has one year left on his contract in Detroit. And I think what he wants to do is try and somehow get out of his contract in Detroit and sign it in the KHL. But obviously nothing has been finalized yet. That's a wait and kind of see approach with Dadsuk. I think if he does leave Detroit, I think it would be a big loss for Detroit. Not because, I mean, Pelo Dadsuk's getting older now and he's not the same player he was a few years back. But I think he's still a good leader for all the young players in Detroit, a good role model to look up to. And I think it would be a significant loss for Detroit. It would be a significant loss for Detroit, but this has been made very clear since midway through the season that Doc Suk was going to leave Detroit. He wanted to leave Detroit. He wanted to go home. You really can't fault him for that. No, you Detroit should have been pre- can't fault him at all. Detroit should have prepared for it. Yeah, they they should have been, and Datsuk has been in Detroit for quite some time now. He's in everything. That's his choice. Yes. And then we have the other news of Max, Max Talbot signing in the KHL. Oh, I completely forgot about that. I don't. Good. I mean, I like Max Talbot as a guy. I think he's a good, good guy, good locker room player. He, he just, he just lost his step in the AHL. He just doesn't belong in the AHL anymore. So I'm happy for him that he found somewhere to play. I really am. I think he's a good guy, good player, good like good leader. But he, the Bruins don't need him. They don't. No, they don't. It's a he's, he'd be spending most of his season in Providence, and then uh, LA the LA Kings going to have a new captain come next yeah, year. Yeah, this is this is pretty surprising news here. Dustin Brown is stripped of his captaincy in Los Angeles, and there was reports that he was told about it, and they want a new captain. They want to move in a different direction, and this this has really been uncommon in the NHL. And but now you saw it with the Sharks, and now you're seeing it with the Kings. So teams are pretty pretty unhappy with their captains, and I think it's going to Kopitar. To be honest, I don't I don't see who else in, it, in Los Angeles you would give it to. You got you gotta give it to Kopitar. Right, and Dustin Brown's on a big contract after the Kings won the Cup, and he last year he had a pretty bad year. So that's probably why they're trying to move on in a different direction. It's got to be Kopitar, like you said. I I can't see anyone else getting it. No, I can't. I mean, you really can't. It's got to be Kopitar. Also. Announced today, a World Cup of hockey rosters, and I want to get to those next week because we had a lot. Of, we had a lot to discuss next week. We'll, we'll announce who uh, who made Team USA the finalized roster. I know they announced the preliminary rosters. Team Canada, those don't come out till later on in t- the day today, so that's why we will not be talking about it on the show. That's why I want to get to the World Cup of hockey next week. There was also a lot of Bruins news that kind of dominated the headlines this week, so. I feel like that would be a good tease for next week, Jason. What do you think? We'll talk about some World Cup. Yeah, no, I mean, because with the news that was that came out this week and with most of us being frustrated, it was the right time to do the show when we did it. Because we could save the other news, the World Cup news, for next week, and there's really not much to talk about with it being midway through the Stanley right, Cup. Right, unless the Bruins make another bonehead move. Yeah, that would be funny, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, and we'll also... also the Stanley Cup, but not, not much news really comes out during the Stanley Cup out of respect for the Stanley Cup, I'm pretty right, sure. Right, and also... Don't forget, we uh, like I just said earlier, Jake DeBrusque and Jeremy Lawson are in the Memorial Cup. If you have time to tune, tune into that, you can see some Bruins prospects. And it is good competitive hockey. Yes, no, it is. The Memorial Cup is fun to watch. I know I've had a crazy week this week, so I want to try to find some stuff on NHL I believe, Network I believe this weekend. DeBrusque and Lawson are playing against each other tonight. I'll have to keep an eye out for that game. Yeah, I think it's usually on NHL Network, so if you got to tune into that, go by all means, tune in. I mean, yeah, because they're in the semifinals now. It's Ruin, Nawanda, and then Jake Oh, so DeBrusque you'll have one team in the finals, huh? Yeah. Pretty cool. So that means you can watch one of the Bruins' prospects play in the finals. And, like I said, it's good hockey. No, it is. It's gonna be, it'll be exciting to watch because you don't get to see too much of that Canadian hockey on, on American television. Absolutely. But it is time to put a wrap on today's podcast. 
This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Radio mobile app as well as clnsradio.com. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Help support this show by subscribing to the Bruins Beat podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to know what you think. And you help grow the show by doing so. Today's show is brought to you by Loot Crate and SeatGeek. Once again, some great deals. And most importantly, you'd help us out with this broadcast so we can come here after every game. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics for a free 30-day trial of audiobooks and get the best deal on sports and concert tickets by using the promo code CELTICSBEAT, all one word, for a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase when you download the SeatGeek mobile app. Our two presenting sponsors who, along with most importantly, our loyal CLNS radio audience makes these broadcasts possible. For media coordinator Nick Sento, producer Matt Rurry, CLNS radio program director Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network Nick Gelso, and for my co-host tonight, Jason Buckley, I'm Michael Setapani. We'll see everyone back here, hopefully, for the next episode of the Bruins Beat podcast. And we will talk to you next week. You can also follow myself and Jason on Twitter. I've been getting some great mentions on Twitter recently, Jason. So hopefully people that download the show and listen to it, keep following me and engaging me on Twitter. I will always answer you at MikeSetup22. Jason is at JasonBuckley91. That goes for both of us because, you know, with the CLNS Radio Twitter app too, you know, you have a lot of people saying that our show is very enjoyable. So it's great to hear from the people who see it. Yes, please keep writing us, keep reviewing us. Like I said, if you tweet at me, I will be sure to answer you. Even if we disagree, I will not bash you. We'll just have a friendly friendly conversation. I had a disagreement with someone last night on Twitter when Tampa Bay won. I mean, when Tampa Bay lost to Pittsburgh. So it's all good fun. Everyone loves sports debates. So if you tweet at me at MikeSetter22, give me a follow. I probably will follow you back. And I will answer you at JasonBuckley91 for Jason. And also we have a Bruins Beat Twitter at Bruins underscore Beat. Uh, we will talk to you next week. You can oh, also yeah, before we yeah, finish, Mike. Um, you can also find us on Boston Bruins Beat podcast on iTunes, and on CLNS Radio's uh, app. Yes, awesome. So please go check that out, everyone. And we will be back next week, and hopefully you tune in next week. Go Bruins! Go Bruins! <laughs>